Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men. 15 minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord. Gird your armor on. Stand firm, everyone. Rest your Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Edwin. We are continuing through John 20. What a great discussion this we've had this week about resurrection, mm-hmm. about evidences of resurrection, That's about right. testimony, eyewitness testimony, yeah. being able to talk a little bit about Mary Magdalene as she's really presented in the Gospels. It's It's been fantastic. I want to read verses 19 through 23 and see the commission. Okay. You good with that? Every uh, gospel has some form of this commission. And here it is in John 20, beginning at verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the father has sent me. Even so, I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So Jesus shows up in a room where the doors are locked. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, he left, you know, I mean, he did leave a tomb where there was a stone in front of the door. That's right. <laughs> so so he's apparently got this ability. That's a, that's a good thing to point out. Sometimes you see these pictures of resurrection and yeah. they roll back a stone and Jesus is there. No, no. They roll back a stone and, and he's not there. there. That's that's the point. It's yeah, empty. they rolled that's it the and, point. It's, and it's empty. Yeah. yeah. So let me just, I will just say this, I guess maybe just because it's a pet peeve. I know folks talk about Jesus and his resurrection body and they say, oh, see the resurrection body. It's it's like it's non-corporeal. I mean, it's it's flesh that he has to eat, but he can walk through walls or he can. And I want to say, let's not forget that before his death, he was able to walk on water. No, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, a manifestation of power here that he just wasn't limited. In, yeah. In I, I, to me, the at least from, from a power standpoint, walking on water, walking into a room that's locked, these are essentially the same kind of thing. Yeah. And he was able yeah. to do one before he was uh, dead and one after he was resurrected. I don't think we're learning something about resurrection mm. bodies here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we're, we're learning Jesus appeared to the apostles and he has power. Yeah. As power. he has always had power. And but he also has the body and he demonstrates the body to them. I'm a little flummoxed, honestly, why there are scars, but mm-hmm. it's demonstrating who he is and they wanted to see it. And I know we're going to talk about Thomas probably tomorrow, but yeah. notice, notice all the apostles, except Judas, of course, they look at the scars. Yeah, we were talking uh, the other day. What was it that helped Mary to see when she couldn't see? This voice, Mary's voice, yeah, and and as you pointed, she was clinging to him, and so you know, there's this physical body, a bodily resurrection, uh, but but what is the evidence for these in the room? He's volunteering the the marks on his hands. Yeah. Yes, I'm the one. I'm the same I'm one. I'm the same one. I'm the one that, that was, was nailed that to was the cross. crucified. I'm yes. the same one. So. I, I'm I'm that guy. And so he demonstrates himself. He shows his hands. Mm-hmm. He shows his side. The disciples are glad and twice what he says to them, peace be with you. Hey, on that deal about them being glad, isn't it a wonder rever- wonderful reversal? Because when we read in verse 19, the door shut, right? Uh for fear of the Jews, yeah. 
take the temperature of the room. Yeah. They're still afraid. And they're still afraid. And then see Jesus, now they rejoice. And there's that there's that reversal that we talked about last week. Remember, you had Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus who had been secret and hiding their discipleship mm-hmm. for fear of the Jews. But now in the death, they have come out into the open. We have the apostles who had been open in their discipleship, but in the death have become secret for mm. fear of the Jews. Yeah. But now there's resurrection, and resurrection is going to take them from fear to peace yeah. and gladness. Gladness yeah. and peace. Be of good cheer. The peace that Jesus offers them in their heart, in their soul, in their mind. You don't need to have anxiety. You don't need to have fear. You can have gladness and peace. I am risen, Jesus points out. This is a, another one of those uh, instances where we could talk a little bit about the various accounts. Um, You know, you have in Luke's account where two disciples take a walk that day to the village of Emmaus, and Jesus is with them, and they don't understand who he is later until later. And then they go running back, and they want to tell the disciples that they've seen him. Yeah. Um, And then there he is, and... So anyway, it's the all these stories do they do line up. Yeah. They are different. Well, different Luke is researching. He's getting testimony from multiple people and compiling it into his count. John is telling this is the part of this that was important to me. Mm-hmm. You know, as John is telling this story, okay. Yes, he's not denying that two men went to Emmaus no. and came back and, and told their accounts, but but he is revealing this is the part for me. This yeah. is what mattered to me and the the story that I want to tell. I mean, he is going to say, I could have written a lot of other stuff. That's true. But I wrote this stuff. Yeah. I wrote what I wrote. And while he specifically mentions the signs, he said, I wrote these things because I'm making a case. Yeah, it's a good and point. And these were the things that I believed were important to my case. Yeah. And I don't have to give you every little detail. Uh, if I did that, this book would be humongous. Yeah. I, I chose the parts that will make my case. I was there. These are the things I witnessed. These are the things that caused me to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And I want you to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And one of the things is that I was in a room door locked with my friends who had been sitting with Jesus for yeah. three years and we were afraid and we didn't know what was going on. We had had this testimony. We saw that the tomb was empty. We thought the body had been stolen. Mary said she'd seen somebody. Mary says she's <laughs> seen it, but we're not sure what to think. These guys, well, he doesn't mention these he doesn't customers. Mention, now, yeah, now I'm yeah. getting ahead of myself. He says, this, this is what was important. And then Jesus is here. Right. Jesus is here. And now we know. He says, peace be with you. I saw, I saw the scars. Mm-hmm. I saw where the spear went into his side, and I saw that's that's the guy I saw on the cross. That's my savior. That's my king. And I saw him alive after he was dead. I saw the resurrected savior. This is John's testimony. It makes you wonder, uh, in part, as we read the rest of the chapter, wonder where Thomas was. Yeah. How come Thomas isn't there that night? Yeah. And then I begin to, I guess, appreciate that when we talk about the commission and the Lord charging him, that didn't all happen just at this one moment. No, no, no. It wasn't, but this is part of it. And so kind of like these resurrection, all the story of the resurrection is highlighted in various accounts, similar with the commission. And uh, he's going to be teaching them some different things and charging with some different things, maybe on some different spots and different places over the next 
40 days or so. Well, over those next 40 days, he is commissioning them. And in the different lessons, no doubt, the different communications, no doubt, he's repeating this message, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you. And again, each one of the writers, they're picking the one that they want to share because of how it fits in their case. So Matthew tells us about the one that's right there at the end as they're back yeah. in Galilee where Jesus had told them to go. And and John is telling them about, here's what happened the very first night we saw him. And in the very first night, I mean, from his first resurrection, appearance he is telling them i'm going to send you mm -hmm. the father sent me into the world now i'm sending you out into the world just as i was sent and this was a message for the next 40 days that they were hearing from jesus and they heard it on multiple occasions and so but john makes sure just like all of the gospels do to point out there is this being sent, mm -hmm. being sent. This didn't just happen so you could stay in the room, so you could have your holy huddle, so you could just get together and talk about it. You know, recently we had a, a discussion with some of our brothers and sisters about evangelism. I thought one of the best points that was made, what do you want to get? We asked, because it was our first one, what do you want to get out of this? And one brother, he, he just pointed out, look, what I want to do is make sure we get out of our holy huddle. Mm -hmm. uh, you know that yeah. we don't just come together and talk about it what i want to get out of this is action steps for us to get out and get the message out because that's what jesus says here i am sending you we yeah. are sent no i appreciate that so much um one of the things i guess i pick up on is on thursday night uh the lord prays the high priestly prayer in john 17 mm -hmm. Uh, protection for these because they're in the world, but not of the world. Right. You get a sense in that prayer that he's going to be sending them out and uh, leaving them unto that work. Throughout that same night, as John records it in John 13 through 16, uh, there is discussion, particularly in 14, 15, 16, about the Holy Spirit and the helper and how he's going to send them to them. And so I guess I see some connection there that on this... Um, resurrection night this sunday night now uh those two things come come about again here in this commission time as he sits with them it's sort of like we pick up our last time we were together on that thursday night i was talking about all this stuff i was teaching you i was praying for you and now uh i'm resurrected and we're going to talk about some more well, on that night of prayer, in John 17 and verse 3, Jesus says, I praise, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. He says, I, this, this is life, that they know you and they know me, the one you sent. Mm -hmm. And what did you send me to do? You sent me to accomplish your work. Then in verse 18 of that prayer, John 17, 18, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. He says, mm -hmm. I'm going to the cross to be consecrated, to be set apart, to be made holy so that they can be sanctified sure. and sure. made holy because I am sending them into the world. And we recognize in verse 20 and 21, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe you sent me. Mm -hmm. and, and then we get to the night, like you said, on the Sunday night, he's come back to that. I'm sending you. Why? God gave me a work. He sent me into the world to accomplish it. I'm sending you into the world to accomplish your work. What's the work? that folks will believe in the Father and the Son, mm -hmm. and that they will be united, yes. that they will be one. I don't want to end on a downer today, but can we just look at the Christian landscape in the world and recognize that, that 
we have failed at that one. Mm. Uh, as we look across the landscape, there is division and denominationalism. Yeah. And this this pretend unity that we're all going to do whatever we want and believe whatever we want and practice what we want yeah. and get saved however we want, but all claim because we kind of say, Jesus, we're actually united. That's not unity. Mm-hmm. That's not unity. Let's get away from all of that division because what he sent the apostles to do was to produce unity. People who believe Jesus, who follow Jesus, his way. I think we should be driving that home and and pulling away from all of that divisiveness. I get it. If we disagree, I mean, he knew that's what was going to happen. But but pretending that what we have is unity today, uh, that's just bogus to me. Well, it's a really great point. I think also uh, when we recognize, hey, he he really does not teach or affirm all of the confusion. And anyone can reason and realize, hey, when churches are teaching contradictory doctrines about how you're saved or any other things, they may both be wrong, but they can't both be right. No. So, so what is the standard and who should we listen to and how can we know? I think that drives us back to the apostles. Yeah. Even in this commissioning moment, we see a great authority being entrusted to the apostles. Yes. They are going to be the ones entrusted with the message for forgiveness and unity with the Lord and unity with one another. If we will hear the apostles teaching in their word, which drives us to go to the New Testament and stand upon the New Testament, there is a platform for unity that will glorify Christ. Um, but it means recognizing the apostles and and authority and religion being placed where it ought to be. And it, it says here, and I think it's worded in an odd way, but the ones you forgive will be forgiven. The ones you withhold forgiveness from, it will be withheld from. But we have that very first day where they went out and taught forgiveness. Yeah. And to whom did they give forgiveness? They said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for, for. the forgiveness or remission of your sins. Who who did they extend bapti- uh, forgiveness to? The ones who would submit to Jesus right. in a burial in water, who would follow in the footsteps of Jesus, dying and being buried and being raised to walk in a new life. And those who didn't do that for the remission of sins, they did not get forgiveness of sins. And, you know, the reality is it's it's whom the apostles bring this forgiveness to. And I think that's why it's so important. Like you said, let's get back to the apostles. Whom did they bring forgiveness to? And and let's find out how they taught that's it. That's right. Because that's the people that will be forgiven. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. be one of those people. Amen. I don't I don't want to be someone else. I don't want to play games with this. I don't want to pretend. I want to get in the word and see what the apostles taught because I know it's the ones they bring forgiveness to. I'm so excited about Jesus who died for my sins and rose again. I want to benefit from this gospel. And it's only the apostles apostles that can tell us how that is so. Yeah. Yeah. Holy God, thank you so much for the day that we have here to study your word. Thank you for recording the testimony and the eyewitnesses of the apostles that we can believe through their word, that we can have forgiveness through their word. And I pray that you would defeat all the division and denominationalism that we have in our world, all the sectarianism, that we would come together in unity, but not not a pretend unity a true unity in Jesus Christ, submitting to him, giving our allegiance to him as king, following him and doing what he would have us to do. Father, we love you so very much. Thank you for loving us first. It's through your son, Jesus, our king, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. 
Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.